Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. I want to use one tech. God told me to keep it simple, and I've seen, I've been looking around, and you know, when I go someplace and preach, I look around. And I'm looking at the me, and I'm looking at you with your hat on over there, you know. Pretend like you're in the courtroom. <laughs> and I was looking at you, and I look at the men. And that was part of the singing I was going to do. There's a song, uh, something down inside of me telling me to go ahead. And, Dad, when you were testifying, talking about that you had started singing and you've been singing, I had went through some challenges ministerially. And at the close of the pandemic, you know, trying to get God's people back online, I just said something trying to get God's people back online. You know, people don't know what pastors go through. And, 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 and it was a real challenge. You know, there was complacency, there was apathy, and all the things that go along with disenfranchisement from being uh, entangled with God. I feel some help here. And, uh, and the Lord heard me. He heard my thoughts. And uh, he put this song, when I was a little boy, there was an old song the old saints used to sing. And, and, and it's, it's entitled, Something Down Inside of Me Telling Me to Go Ahead. And the Lord dropped that song in my spirit, Dad, like the Lord had you singing. And, and I was walking around not even really being cognizant that the Holy Ghost was feeding me and ministering to me. And it was saying, and I didn't really even know the song. But the song came in, and, and the Lord gave me the lyrics, and it was something down inside of me telling me to go ahead. Oh, something down inside of me telling me to go ahead. Well, there's something down inside of me telling me to go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And, man, I got a little pep in my step this morning. I quit worrying about who wasn't coming to church, who wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. Uh, you know, that I, I got out of myself. Mm -hmm. You got to get out of yourself. You know, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to doing the work. And I want to encourage you, uh, uh, Pastor Blair, you're doing a great work. You, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Church is beautiful. You got beautiful following. And I know you got more than this. And you got a wonderful spirit. And I know that God is blessing your church. And I know that God is going to continue to bless you. So I want to use one scripture, Matthew First lady, get your Bible. I'm going to have you do because I, it's to your left. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. Lean to the left. Lean to the right. Stand up. Sit down. Fight, fight, fight. Fighting for Jesus. And I want to thank those that came again. And Matthew, this is a common scripture. Matthew, uh, and I'm not going to allude to other ones as I get through the narrative of, of the sermon. I should call it a sermonette because I know we need to have altar uh, prayer. Oh, glory. I feel the Lord in here. Mm-hmm. I felt him when I came in here. I said, mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And, 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 and all that good stuff. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 18. Yeah. And, and I got to, I'm navigating with different pieces of equipment here. When, when the iPad did what it did, man, I had to get my composition book. I had to go in my file, pull my composition book out. Uh, to uh, get me some information, most importante. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Matthew 16, darling, read verse 18 for me. Loud and clear. 
Just that one text right now, and I'll deal, allude to others later. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. This church is built on a rock. I'm going to tell you, all of us is confused and not sure what we want to do and how we want to do it. Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. The church is built on a rock, y'all. <laughs> Man, that's heavy duty. I heard an explosion if you didn't. The church is built on a rock. You know how the devil used people, and they come in church, and some don't come in church, and they, they got all kinds of thoughts, all kind of aptitudes. Uh, let me define that for you. Uh, inclinations, uh, things that they normally incline to do. But the church is built on a rock. You might have a plan, but God got a greater plan. And his plan is for your life. So I want to uh, spin off that scripture and just leave uh, this for a, a, a launching pad, the value of the church, the value of the church. And God began to minister to me about the value of the church. And I was worried about what folk were doing and everything. He said, son, this church is built on the rock. And the value of this church <laughs> supersedes everything. You don't have to worry about anything. The church was here when we came, and the church is going to be here when we gone. We might as well get with the program. We, we might as well go ahead on and concede, as they say. You know, we had an election a while back recently here, and folk didn't want to concede. They finally didn't really even concede then. We need to concede. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, concede. Mm-hmm. And then put a U on it. Concede, you. <laughs> Give in. Ah, oh, hallelujah to the power of God. Now, uh, you know, one of the things that's wrong, and, and, and this is a crazy way to come out of this sermon saying something like that because there are a lot of things going on in God's church and a lot of things going on with God's people. Uh, it's kind of like uh, folk is sitting around waiting uh, for they ship to come in, and they ain't even sent out a canoe. Can I just be real in here? I, as a pastor, I've been pastoring for 12 years, but I've been in ministry for over 25 years. I was an assistant pastor for eight years. I've sat in the pulpit for over 25 years. I've seen and I've heard and uh, I've, I've been rebuked and rebuffed and rebuttaled. Uh, I've turned flips and all the wrong things I've said and done. So, you, hello, somebody. Are you with me here? So, so it ain't like I, I don't want you to think I'm not a novice. It's not like I don't know what I'm talking about. I had to say that before I said all this. Kind of like waiting for your ship to come in, and, and you ain't even set out in a canoe. It's a, and the old mother will say, well, what are you talking about? You don't pay no tithes? Uh-oh. You got more to say than anybody and, 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 and at church once a month. <laughs> Let me leave that alone. That's another story. So uh, we're expecting a whole lot from God, and we're not even understanding the value of the church. If I don't wind up, don't get mad at me. I might go there. I don't know. See what the Holy Ghost say about it. Kind of like waiting for your ship to come in and you haven't even sent out a canoe. And yes, you've heard it said, you cannot get blood from a turnip. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. One of the most famous political speeches in history was made by John F. Kennedy in 1961. His inaugural address, can I preach a little bit? whereby the famous quote was introduced, uh, my fellow Americans, uh, ask not what your country can do for you. Uh-huh. I said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what can you do for your country. In John 3.16, I heard the, the praise team singing, God is so beautiful. He's so beautiful. He loved the world. John 3.16, one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. He gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Most of us familiar with the term, the laws of reciprocity. I think this thing is online. Y'all recording me? Uh-oh, it's evidence. The laws of reciprocity. Mm-hmm. And I, I was going to talk about that just for a minute. The, the background of the word reciprocity can be traced to the Latin, which means reciprocal, mm-hmm. which means uh, logically common sense reveals to everyone that you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. What are you putting in today, church? Mm-hmm. If you want to be saved, if you really want to know Jesus, put your all into it. Put your heart in it. Ask God to come in and allow him to saturate you internally, whereby it may manifest itself externally. Mm-hmm. The world is in trouble. We're the salt, and we need to brighten our light. I'm not Tom Bodet, but I tell my parishioners I'm going to leave the light on. Not Motel 6, but I'm leaving the light on. Mm-hmm. So it's dark out here. Be- the folk need a beacon. And my sister loves uh, uh, them, what you call them, them towers. On what they call them? them? Lighthouses. And she got them all over the place by her house, and I kind of like that. You know, and they, you know what the lighthouses was used for back in the day. You know, them ships to keep them from running into the rocks. Um, consider folk in the world to be ships, and uh, they making shipwreck everywhere. They running into rocks, and we need to light up the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. We need to shine. Our beacon needs to, I feel some help here tonight, you know. And, and let me get through here because I got a little ways to go here. So uh, Matthew 6 and 33 is clear. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, as I stated, I would allude to some more scriptures, and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, people attend church for many reasons. All motives are not pure, or should I say conducive, to God's will. Mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere here, get in the car. However, a watered-down gospel will not suffice. The parishioners I serve, uh, they all, they don't, I tell them all the time, I know you might not agree with everything I say. You probably don't agree with everything Pastor Josh Blair say. And you might not like everything he say, but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like back in the day, my dad, when we get sick and congested, they had this medication, you know about it, dad, called three sixes. And, 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 and it was called an analgesialistic. And, man, that stuff, you take a teaspoon of that. That stuff do things to you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. And some of the things that the Lord speaking to the man and the woman of God do things to to you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Uh, But the next morning, you're coughing it all up. You feel better when you apply it and you allow it to work. Uh huh. So pray for them. Pray for them. Allow what they're doing to work. Mm -hmm. Let me get through here now. So people attend church for many reasons. All motives are not pure. I should I say conducive to God's will. However, a watered-down gospel will not suffice. And, and I know Pastor Blair ain't got no water in his cup. I know it's wine. <laughs> Hallelujah. The wine of Jesus. We must tell the truth. We must preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that's going to really save people. So you vessels, as Dad was talking about, that are created vessels of honor, uh, become witnesses. Let your light shine and don't draw back. The Bible declares that no man is fit for the kingdom of heaven, having put his hand to the plow, can I preach a little bit, and drawing back. 
Mm -hmm. That means that your cousin, your uncle, your brother, your mama, your sister, your auntie, your partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your fiance, your, your wannabe, you got to tell them the truth. Honey, if you don't stop doing that, you're going to hell. Uh-oh. You're going straight to hell, you know. Well, how you know? Because I was on my way and I turned. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We must preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ that he came to save, set free, and deliver. Three words, save, set free, and deliver. I ain't never seen so many people in bondage all the days of my life. I preached a couple of weeks ago at the church, I think it was Sunday before last. And I said, I ain't never seen people driving Mercedes Benz Maybachs, brand new, custom models, with bank accounts in several banks, and mad, upset. Throwing your groceries in the car in the parking lot. What's wrong with these people? Man, I'm living off a fixed income and driving a 15-year-old car in, in, in a one-bedroom house with one bathroom. <laughs> Hallelujah! The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me leave that alone. That's another story. You know, one cannot just come to worship God when they are in trouble. You can't wait till something happens. Don't wait until you're in trouble. John 4, 24 declares that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is not a slot machine. When life becomes difficult, the handle is pulled to try and line up the cherries to jackpot us out of our current misfortune. Nor is God a lottery ticket to scratch our way to instant fortune. My God. Hebrews 11 and 6 declares, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So my point, when you diligently seek God, you're sending out canoes, and you can expect ships to come in from the north, east, south, and west. And also providences you cannot even imagine. Ephesians 3 and 20 declares, Now unto him that is able to keep, or rather to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Touch your neighbor and say, what's working in you? Yeah, what's working in you? Come on, really think about it. What's working in you? Uh-huh. Lord, have mercy. Ask your neighbor again, what's working in you? <laughs> Go on, look at him. Look him right in the eye. What's working in you? There ain't nothing working in you. God is not able. Uh-huh. Let me get through this. Hallelujah. We ought to be pulling on God continually. I seen sister girl drop to her knees. She beautiful. I said, I hear you. She said, pulling on God, scratching and clawing for victory. In other words, Paul stated, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Young folk used to ask me, you little people, what's the prize? What's the prize? You know, kids, when you say prize, you get young people's attention. He said prize. Where is it at? How do I get it? 
Live right. Live holy. Live saved. Seek the Lord for your, your Savior. The prize is a life of eternity. There is life after death. I was ministering on the other day. I stopped by a mechanic shop, and they were telling different ones that died. They were calling names. Hey, did you hear so-and-so died? And so-and-so died. You know, people get excited when people die. I do too, but not like that. And so they was passing out names of so-and-so died. So-and-so died. I said, yeah. The Bible declares once is appointed unto all men a time to die, but that's not what you should be worried about. And then after the death, the judgment. I said, where's your soul going to spend eternity? It's eternity. And then, then I told one of them, I said, let me tell you something else. I, I said, uh, the wages for, of, uh, for sin is death. Mm-hmm. And man, they got quiet. <laughs> Everybody's eyes was big. I said, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings. I said, but the worst scripture in the Bible, I got favorites, but I got some, one that I, I really hate. I said, which one, Pastor? Come on, I said, which one, Pastor? You have one to say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I said, you don't want to hear that. You want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now, come on up. I'm going to make you rule over me. I sing a song. What do you want my Lord to say? I want him to say, well done. I'm going to get to a summation here in the next five to ten minutes, but I didn't feel a wind up or a show off in my spirit. So I hope the Lord has spoke to your heart and is speaking to you. Again, I didn't feel a wind up or a, a howl or a whine. I, I, I feel a preach. I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Romans 10 and 9, here it is. Somebody says, whoop, there it is. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's what it's all about. Folk, my colleagues, we got organists. They play for us, you know, when we preach, you know. Well, I play. I ain't never, I ain't never had one. So when I go somewhere and I preach and they got one, they mess me up. I have to tune them out. I have to not hear them because I'm so used to preaching without it. And I used to want one so bad. And the Lord finally told me one day when I grew up a little bit in ministry, he said, you don't need that. Come on, you need the anointing. My mother used to always tell me, you don't need no oil. They didn't know. I just wanted to sound like those other guys. You know, I just wanted to you know, I want to, hey, you know, I want to get down too. But the Lord blessed me. I'm still here. And I, I, I ain't getting down like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me get through here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, you'll be saved if you do it Romans 10 and 9 way, you know. You believe in your heart. The Lord raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. We will never be able to beat God-giving, church. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get out of here now. As many of us have heard the song and impacting lyrics, the more you give, the more he gives to you. Just keep on giving because it's really true that you can't beat God-giving. Give God your heart. Give God your time. Give God your tithe. Give God your praise. Give God his glory. Give God your honesty. 
Give God your integrity. Give until it hurts because God is the author and finisher of your faith. It's God who wakes you up in the morning. It's God that watches over you when you sleep at night. I tell the people I serve, it's not the dead bolt on your door that kept you saved, but God dispatches angels of protection to encamp round about you while you became oblivious to your surrounding. You needed to slumber, and God said, I'll be there because we serve a God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. How about that? I'm so glad that the God we serve, he don't take naps. Look at the condition of the world today. Suppose God would slip off into a nod. We'd be in trouble. Hallelujah. Let me get out of here. Acts 20 and 35. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring, you ought to support the weak, uh-huh, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. There's ten reasons, as I come to a close, why it is more blessed to give than to receive. Can I get there? Number one, giving obeys God's command. Number two, giving submits to God's lordship. Number three, giving exhibits God's heart. Number four, giving illustrates God's salvation. Number five, giving trusts God's provision. Number six, giving widens God's smile. Number seven, giving advances God's kingdom. And number eight, giving promotes God's sanctification. And number nine, giving testifies to God's power. And last but certainly not least, giving praises God's character. Give. Give the best that you have. Hallelujah. Give. Give God your life. Give. And it will be given back to you. Down, shaking together, and running over. Give. Oh, I feel like giving tonight. Oh, why don't you give God some of your time? Why don't you give God, hallelujah, what you can? They sing a song, give as you give, give as unto the Lord. You don't understand and know the value of the church until you surrender yourself. And all that you have belong to God. Paul said, as I close, I beseech ye, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Such a reasonable service. You know, I was teaching that scripture, folks. So what does that mean, Pastor? It's not a reasonable service. You ain't done nothing great. It's only what he expected of you. You could never repay God. You could never repay the Son. For what he has done, he went to Calvary, shed his blood. It flowed from Golgotha's hill so that we today could be in a building called a church and have a right to the tree of life. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey. That's only how you're going to get
Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cbcmadera.churchcenter.com.